This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts, and our written reviews at ObsessiveViewer.com as well. Um, you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And finally, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer at the minimum rate of $1 per month for an exclusive RSS feed with content recorded specifically for Patreon supporters. And joining me on the podcast today, uh, making his triumphant return to the podcast, is a friend of the show, Patreon supporter of the show, and newly minted um, contributor to the (laughs) website, um, Ben Sears. Don't forget fan favorite. And fan favorite, <laughs> yes. Uh, every, yes. All of the, our listeners have been clamoring for you to make your return. Yes, I can um, hear it. The The petition was widely circulated. Yes. They were, they, in fact, like... They were like there were petitions that's like okay just re-record every yeah. episode with Ben Sears like mm-hmm. I think the people just got really sick of the Game of Thrones petitions and they're yeah. just like oh we'll just do this for obsessive viewer Tim Cook himself uh, yes. said something too oh yes I, full, I was pulled out a full page ad I think in the New York Times yeah I yeah. thought it was very kind of him really sure um, yeah um, I did notice I have like I have some weird. Um, uh, I don't know. I I have a lot of weirdness to me, but um, like uh, it's been well documented on the podcast that years ago, like back in like 2013 or 2014, uh, Entertainment Weekly had like a guide to um, Downton Abbey, but like it was a cover, like like that was the cover uh, story on on that week's edition of it. But it said the obsessive viewers guide to Downton Abbey. Oh. And I was like, okay, stay in your lane, <laughs> EW, stay in your lane. Wow. Um, yeah. But then I saw on Amazon prime, there's like, uh, like, you know how, like, do you have Amazon prime? Yeah. Me? Okay. You know how they have like a lot of like funny or die stuff and like, like cracked and Buzzfeed kind of stuff in like the lineup. I don't think I did know that. Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's a lot of like like short form like web series stuff on there. Like uh I was watching Between Two Ferns last night. Um but they have like I guess Cracked has a web series that's called um Obsessive Pop Culture Disorder or something. And I was like mm. Yeah, and it's I was getting like a little close yeah, for comfort there. Exactly. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> all right, cracked. You're you're on notice. You know, <laughs> I, I work with a couple uh intellectual property attorneys if you oh, get some litigation involved. Oh, I may <laughs> take you up with that uh, take yeah. you up on that. Um yes. Because uh yeah, it's it's I'm sure it's you can take them down. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a, a real David and Goliath uh, story. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be really painful for me to just 
take down all those Davids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, implying that obsessive viewer is the Goliath. Anyway, um, so you have recently joined the team as a contributor on the website, um, which is for those who don't know, once upon a time, uh, people actually, well, me actually, uh, posted written reviews on the website. <laughs> um, those Back were the in the good old days. Yeah. 2015? Yeah, I think that, yeah, 2015-ish. It, well, it started as a blog and then blossomed into a podcast. And then as I started roping Tiny into doing more podcasts, um, the kind of written reviews kind of fell by the wayside. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to get more content on there. And I really like your opinions and your writing. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a nice fit, I think. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and like your approach to reviewing and how you feel about the movies you've reviewed and stuff? Um, I mean, I, I like, uh, I've always liked, uh, Richard Ebert and his mm-hmm. reviews. Roger. Uh, Roger. Yeah, yeah, that shows how much I like him. <laughs> um, uh, so I always liked his reviews and mm-hmm. just how simple they were and how he didn't try to, like, make it seem too difficult to get into a movie or yeah. why, why he liked it or what there is to like about a certain movie. So, mm-hmm. um, I I tried to keep it easy to understand, um, but also part of that is probably because I've never really had any formal journalism training. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I just uh, it, I I tried not to read a whole lot of reviews before I write my own stuff, which can be pretty Same. difficult, just because. Uh, sometimes there's things that I am unclear about, like plot wise or, uh, the motivation behind something. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll like go down a rabbit hole and read other people's reviews. And then I find that when I try to start to write, it will kind of like their writing will start to seep into mine. And then I get less and less inclined to do it. And it's, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once, like, as you get more into it, I, I I don't speak as an expert at all, but, like, it's, it's interesting because, like, you kind of, you find, like, a certain voice and, like, you, it's, it, it's a, it's a muscle that you exercise. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I'm excited to see, see, uh, you embrace the craft and, and grow into it. So thanks. Yeah. I'm excited to Um, do it. Yeah. And so, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself also? And I know we covered it in your last guest appearance, but like your background and, um, your, um, uh, your tolerance of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember, uh, when I first started listening to podcasts, it was probably, I don't know, 2011 or 12. Mm-hmm. And it was you guys, uh, and I, I got into this one because I know Tiny mm-hmm. from elementary school. And, um, uh, so I guess you could say I'm the oldest friend of the show. I, yeah. <laughs> the original friend of the show. That's true. <laughs> um, 
but uh but anyway um so i found this and then i started listening to the 10 minute podcast which no longer exists mm. uh so you guys are the oldest podcast that i've been listening to nice. really nice um congratulations thank you thank you <laughs> Um, and so what's wrong with you that you keep listening? <laughs> uh, well, how much time do we have? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, we have some time. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. And that's always uh, nice to hear and everything. Um, I, I kind of wondered like what it would be like to go back in time. And I may have covered, I may have talked about this when you were last on. So I apologize for the repetition if that's the case, but like, just imagine like if I, like if I went back in time and like, it was like a consciousness going back into like, like the body of my like elementary school self. Uh And like, I, like I went to the elementary school where you and tiny were, and then I was just like, Hey, your name is going to be tiny and you're (laughs) going to, you're going to do a podcast and you're going to listen to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird tangent. So where can people find you online? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I don't have Twitter. Probably mm-hmm. never will. Right. Um, is there any reason behind that? You know, I just never really found a whole lot of... Uh, I just never really got an, an urge to do it. You okay. Know? Um, I don't... My life is pretty boring sure. uh day to day and then um i there aren't really a whole lot of like celebrities that i would want to okay. keep up with um except for certain podcast hosts but that's fine sure um, <laughs> um so yeah i i just never got into that okay. um plus i think like when twitter first started happening I don't think I had an iPhone. Uh, oh. I think I first got an iPhone maybe in like 2012. Oh, okay. Uh, I had a Blackberry before that. Oh, Blackberry. <laughs> and, um, dang. And the internet really sucked on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think I just missed the boat when it was first getting off the ground. Sure. So, and it's, uh, Twitter for me is a necessity just because of the podcasts uh-huh. and everything, but like it's, it's overwhelming for one thing. Sure. Like you never read all of it. Yeah. Um, from what I hear, it's not the greatest. No, it's, uh, <laughs> there, there's some good in it, but it's a lot of just people in their echo chambers and people right. uh, commenting on other people in their echo chambers and it's a lot of, uh, yeah, it's a lot of noise. Right. Um, but I thank every single one of you for, for, for following me and everything. <laughs> um, Adam says we were on Twitter, also at Tower Junkies Pod and at OV Anthology Pod. Anyway, um, so, so to yeah, answer where they your can question, find you. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Instagram, uh, my, I have <laughs> two photography, uh, accounts. Nice. One is, uh, Ben Sears Photo. <laughs> Uh, just a lot of my, like my photography work, uh, weddings and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and then Ben Sears film, just kind of a recent thing that I just started to do for fun when I just nice. started shooting old film. Um, and, um, and then I'm, I'm on Letterboxd, obviously, yes. uh, Ben Sears. 
Um, that's about it. Nice. Awesome. Well, uh, links to all those will be in the show notes, of course. And, uh, yeah, so today we are, I don't think I have any news or anything, but we are going to be talking about a couple of movies, um, that came out kind of a while ago. <laughs> um, I've been trying to play a little bit of catch up, but it's, it's kind of been kind of a struggle, but, um, so like I recently saw Toy Story 4 and The Farewell, um, Two very similar movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, which do you want to talk about first? Um, we can do Toy Story. Okay, that's okay. Sweet. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and bring it up and read the plot summary. Which one did you see more recently? Uh, The Farewell. But I okay. let's go with Toy Story first. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yes, Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Why am I alive? You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh. So, Toy Story 4 is, uh, the, for the fourth entry in the Toy Story, uh, cinematic universe, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Pixar's like, I don't know what number, but anyway, uh, when a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside old and new friends reveals how big the world can be for a toy. Um, the movie was directed by Josh Cooley and the, uh, script was written by Andrew Stanton. With a bunch of story by credits. Um, so we're of course going to do a non-spoiler and spoiler review. Um, so Ben, how did you feel about Toy Story 4? And how did you feel going into it in terms of anticipation for it? Um, I was a little hesitant. Um, I don't think I really planned on seeing it in theaters, uh, at first. Um, I remember being, fairly underwhelmed by the trailers. Mm -hmm. I know there was that first one that was just like the teaser and it was like Woody and Buzz and Jesse and all of them holding hands. And then all of a sudden Forky comes in and it's just, Oh yeah. I just, I just had no idea what was going on or what this (laughs) was. Um, and it was, uh, when was Toy Story three? Oh nine. Um, I want to say it was, yeah, about Oh nine. I think so. Um, uh, you know, it was yeah. so many years after Toy Story 3, which a lot of people would say is the best. And mm-hmm. I, I, I know I would say put a pretty good cap on the trilogy. Totally. And it so, was 2010. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of skeptical, just not really sure why exactly this needed to happen so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I mean it's it's Disney, so a sequel or a prequel or remake or whatever is pretty much inevitable with all their stuff. But right. um yeah, I mean Toy Story is kind of, you know, the the tentpole of the Pixar franchise. Totally. So it's what started it. Yeah. Mm. Um I don't know. So I like I said, I wasn't really planning on seeing it, but then uh Long story short, I ended up going to see it with my son and, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, uh, I I liked it. But okay, how about yourself? Uh, I okay. So kind of similar reservations to it. I I never thought that it needed to be made. Yeah, <laughs> like, I I really struggled wondering like how. Like, what's the purpose? What what purpose does this serve? Because, like you said, Toy Story three ends it on such a beautiful note. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the way that Toy Story three kind of caps it off and everything is that people who watched Toy Story when they were kids in nineteen ninety four now watched Toy Story three in two thousand ten when they're adults, and it's like they it's a complete arc. It's like what you like do <laughs> yeah um and then here we are nine years later and we get another entry in it uh, like it just felt tacked on and i remember that rashida jones and her writing partner i can't remember their name but um they work they have like story by credits in the finished product but that's I think, right yeah yeah but i think when the whole thing the me too stuff with john lassiter <laughs> happened they bailed on it. Right. Um, yeah, because I think he was the original director. I think so, too. And yeah. Then, and, you know, what um, happened with that? Yep. And then, so I, I don't know, because they had said, apparently Toy Story 4 was originally, or maybe in this iteration, it ended up turning out to be like more of a romantic comedy than hmm. anything. And I think that there there are semblances of that in the finished product, but I kind of wonder if how extensive of a rewrite or how extensive, like, well, like how much, um, meat on that skeleton conceals the skeleton. That's a weird metaphor. Um, but, um, yeah. And, and going into it. So I, I had pretty middle of the road expectations. I, I figured that it would be a safe bet that I would enjoy it because it's a Pixar movie. I'm a Pixar fan. I like Toy Story um, as a franchise. And I figured that there would be something in it that I would at least be able to in- appreciate and enjoy. And I mean, by the end of it, I was still slightly underwhelmed, uh-huh. but I I guess I kind of see the point that they're going for, and I can, I could see the reason for it existing, uh-huh. um, even though I still don't think it really needed it. But I did appreciate kind of like the themes of like finding yourself and like kind of growing into who you are, who you would be eventually become as yeah. an adult. I guess um, there's also some, and and that's one of the reasons that I was a little lukewarm on it is that. Like that is a that is a, a clearly defined arc throughout it, um, with Woody, but there's also like the whole arc with him being a surrogate father to Forky, and I kind of feel like those two arcs were not as uh not as clearly tied together as as a. a frankly a, a better Pixar movie would have them be. Right? Did you catch any of that or? feel that way um yeah um you know i uh it's kind of weird like in the lead up to seeing it you know pretty much the only thing that was talked about was forky and Mm -hmm. and everything that he brought to it and all that and then when i was watching it i was just kind of like well Forky's not really in this all yeah. as much as I thought he would be. Right? Um he's kind of like in the background of mm-hmm. a bunch of it. 
Um, I mean, he's kind of like the catalyst for a bunch of it, but mm-hmm. um, he's it's it's kind of like through Woody's eyes that he is so important. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Totally. So. Um, hmm. Did any did any of the Forky and Woody stuff resonate with you as a father? Um, and did it resonate with your son as a son? <laughs> yeah, we had a long discussion about mm-hmm. it. Nice. Um, I I explained to him, you know, what he can expect when he becomes a father himself. Mm-hmm. Um, how old's your son, by the way? He's four. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, this was this was his first uh movie in the theaters. Nice. Um, so you know, I. I don't know how much of my opinion of this movie will be affected by that mm-hmm. or not, but did you hear Mike's uh, appearance on the podcast about Toy Story Four? Um, no, I don't think I did. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it was uh, his first son's uh, Oscar, his uh, uh, first movie as well. Okay, so he has like I would recommend going back and checking that out because yeah. he has like anecdotes about it. But anyway, I, uh, I yeah. you know, I I feel like I remember seeing. Uh, in the show notes, mm-hmm. uh, segment on Mike and his kids. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, I mean, if, if his son is anything like mine, then he does not really sit still for very long. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little worried. And that's kind of like what, mm-hmm. what put off us, uh, going to see something. Sure. We, I wanted to go and see, uh, Incredibles last mm-hmm. year with him, but he was, I think almost three at the time, so okay. it would have been even more difficult to get him yeah. to sit still. But I, th- um, I thought you were going to say like, "Yeah, I wanted to see like Hobbs and Shaw with him." <laughs> and um, uh, no, I we haven't made it that far in the Fast and Furious franchise <laughs> right. yet. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he it was a it was a fun experience getting nice. to go and see that with him. Was he able to sit still? Or yeah, nice. uh, of course the snacks helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he liked it. Um, he we have uh, Toy Story three mm-hmm. on Blu-ray, I think, okay. and uh, so that's the one that he has mostly seen. I've shown him all of them, but okay, uh, he's certainly seen Make that him one take the most and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure he knows the plot and everything. <laughs> yeah, and and the the metaphors for each of the characters mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so he has seen Toy Story three the most. He mm-hmm. likes that one the most. So he was nice. at least familiar with the Toy Story franchise, and he he recognized Buzz and Woody, and okay. Uh, so he was excited about that. Nice, and it's funny because. Um, like, okay, I, Mike talked about his, his son's first movie theater experience, and now you're talking about your son's first movie theater mm-hmm. experience. And it, like, in both of those conversations, I feel like, uh, a little bit nervous because I have been so vocal on the podcast about movie theater experiences and like, <laughs> like really being like perturbed by like kids that are disrupting it for yeah. me. Um, yeah. no, if he, uh, was, 
uh, if he was disruptive or if he would be disruptive mm-hmm. in any future viewings, I would just kick him out. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. and then I would just watch the rest of it myself. Sure. Um, nice. <laughs> Go wait in the car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually in all seriousness, he mm-hmm. was probably, I would say just as excited about playing the games in the lobby. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, then, uh, seeing the movie, but nice. anyway, what um and we don't have to get too deep into like the geography of this uh what theater like what theater chain and... we went to the Plainfield one okay uh which okay. is now an AMC okay. it's been like five different chains over the yeah, years yeah but... the one that used to be Carmike mm-hmm. i think okay yeah. i've seen like one or two movies there that's actually where i have my ticket to see the matrix tomorrow okay that i may not go to i don't know but um yeah i haven't been there in a while do they they have reserved seating now? Uh, yes, that one. Yes, that one was reserved. Yeah. Okay. Do they have the reclining seats like the other yeah. theaters? Okay, good. Um, because it's been a while, and they, I feel like those. That's like the last AMC chain that's made the upgrade. Okay. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll report back and <laughs> with, with it if I go there. I don't know. Um. So, how did he respond to Forky? <laughs> Um, he, he still remembers Forky. Mm -hmm. Uh, he'll still talk about him every once in a while. Um, uh, I, I doubt he would say it's his favorite character, but I mean. Because he was pretty underused. Right. Well, speaking of which, I mean, Mm. one of the things, one of the few things that I was kind of disappointed by was all of the other you know, secondary characters like mm-hmm. Potato Head and Rex and Ham and all them. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just left in the background for they a really lot of the are. movie. It, um, yeah. Now that you say that, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, they, they pretty huh. much just like stay on the RV and we just cut back to them a few times. And right. Uh, so. And that, that is a bummer. Like I, I get Slinky Dog because, uh, oh my God. Jim Varney's dead. Um, oh, that was, huh? I think so. Yeah. They, what they did, it's actually interesting is that they, um, took, uh, they, they, they cobbled together his dialogue in this movie for, uh, by, by taking, um, taking like past recordings yeah. and kind of splicing it together. Oh, I thought they, oh, I, you know, I, I remember hearing them doing that, but I thought it was for, uh, Don Rickles. Potato head. I think that's. I think I I don't know if Jim Varney is still alive or anything, but Um, I want to say that Jim Varney's dead. But I think I I think I am confusing it that it was um, uh, that it was uh, Don Rickles and and okay, yeah, okay. Um, I'm like scanning the um, trivia to find out (laughs) if I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Don Rickles, this is core nine to trivia. Uh, Don Rickles, family was asked if they wanted him to be included posthumously. It was a no brainer. Daughter Mindy Rickles said at the world premiere in Hollywood this month, uh, he always said, keep my name alive. Let them know who I am. Uh, <laughs> so he would be thrilled by all of this. Definitely. Um, yep. So that being said, like knowing that going into it, I, and, and especially with how little he was in it, mm-hmm. I don't know if there was really a point in him being there, you know? Yeah, same. Um, 
Except for just the, you know. I mean, you you can't really like leave him out, right. I guess. But I mean, if if anyone could think of an excuse to not have him in there, it would probably be Pixar, right? So I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a catch twenty two situation, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like the rest of like the even cast, even Jesse is mm-hmm. just kind of. Stuck on the RV for a lot of the time. Yeah. And they're just like comic relief, I guess. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's kind of tricky, I guess, because, um, they do need to have like the plot and everything, like, like going yeah. after Bo Peep and everything. And I get that, but it just felt, I, I think what it comes down to is I didn't, I wasn't, in in tune with um the way that it was kind of a solo adventure for Woody for the most part and it just felt like all the kind of plot lines that were running concurrently kind of just felt like it almost felt like like Woody's adventure as like a like a short film or whatever uh-huh. like each one being like like little adventures that you would see on like Netflix or I guess Disney Plus now um it just didn't I don't know it just didn't feel like a like an an actual continuation of this franchise. Hmm. Um I will say though that there was a really cool moment where um and I'm not going to spoil what it is, but basically Woody is being guided into an antique shop. Yeah. And he this was this was such a cool uh kind of I don't know connection for me because i want to say that the the patterns on the carpet was the pattern from uh the overlook hotel in kubrick's the shining huh and i want to say there was like a music cue from the shining as well but in addition to that the uh the kind of dummy like yeah bodyguard character is like I, I haven't gotten to this episode of the Twilight Zone yet, but like there's an episode called The Dummy that I feel like this is, that was like an homage to that. So it was like <laughs> kind of cool in like that one scene, like I got Twilight Zone and Kubrick slash Stephen right. King. Well, the, uh, the villain, I guess, uh, Gabby Gabby, she's, mm-hmm. I mean, her, her look kind of is, similar to the the twins or the ghost twins or whatever. Yes. Right? So I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of mm. uh homages, I guess, to Totally. To that. Um what did you not, think? Not you not were... exactly the uh the first place you would look for a shining right. reference in a Toy Story movie. <laughs> yeah. Well that's that's what's kind of interesting to me is because like Toy Story three was directed by Lee Unkirk Unkrich? Unkirk. Um, he, and he's like a massive fan of The Shining. Uh-huh. Um, and he had like a subtle, like, reference to it too. So I wonder if like this was just a continuation of that, but because it was kind of like the same like reference, Lee Unkrich. Um, but yeah, how did you feel about like the comedy aspect of it? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Um, okay. especially, uh, Key and Peel, they do, mm, they yes. have, uh, they were a big part of one of the early trailers, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're these like carnival toys and, uh, they're, 
really all of their like cutaway moments were hilarious. There's yeah. uh yes. There's the I don't know what you would call it. They're cuz they're not really like bloopers, but the parts right. in the end credits, mm-hmm. those those were all really funny. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, it's uh there was one moment and I remember cracking up as it happened, but now like it's been almost two months now, I think, right. since I've seen it. Um and I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was a okay. moment with where uh Woody and Bo Peep are at the playground mm-hmm. and there's these like G.I. Joe knockoff dolls and they do some uh some obscure reference and I can't remember what it is now. Okay. But it was hilarious and I'm sure that is great review material, but um, <laughs> just sure. people that have seen it will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we can just pretend that it's a spoiler and that you're <laughs> trying to <laughs> keep us from being spoiled. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, um, I think I do remember that though. I don't remember specifically what it was, but I, I remember kind of chuckling at those uh, characters. Um, let's see. Should we go into spoilers? Um, Anything well, in what, what did you think about, uh, Gabby Gabby and her kind of, her story and her arch line? Her um, arch? I, you know, I kind of liked it, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it's kind of hard to say because it, it's, it was kind of reminiscent a little bit of, um, uh, Lotso. In Toy Story Three, a little bit. I, I was thinking more of the Prospector in. Oh Toy yeah, Toy yeah. Uh huh. Um, but really, I mean, just right. <laughs> any villain in the Toy Story franchise. Um, so it kind of, and it being the fourth movie kind of hampered that a little bit for me. But I did. It was maybe maybe the most emotionally resonant that the movie got for me, even though like the movie didn't really reach like like really good Pixar level of emotion out of me. But like there is the way that it's resolved kind of toward the end of the movie is, uh, is satisfying. Uh Um, but I kind of feel like they kind of saddled Forky with her for too long of a time. And it, and like, I don't, I don't remember those comedic beats really landing for me the way that the movie kind of intended them to. Uh Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Gabby, Gabby, yeah, like, to start out with, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. She mm-hmm. was definitely, like, the prospector, and then you learn about her backstory and, mm-hmm. like, why she is doing the thing that she does, um, and it's, it's a really... I thought it was a really well-rounded, uh, really smart moment just to give her more shading and make her more of a character with a real motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, like you were saying, I mean, there, there weren't moments in this where I, I think probably the closest I came to crying was, mm-hmm. Uh, at the very end, I think not the part okay. with Woody. Okay, but 
the the resolution to Gabby Gabby's story. Okay. I don't. I mean, I do know why, but mm-hmm. whether or not I can articulate it well enough, that's another story mm-hmm. uh, about just why it resonated with me so much. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, overall, where would you rank it with the other Toy Story movies? Mm. Um, you know, at first I said first, uh, with mm. a bullet. Um, nice. I think I might need to rewatch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there were a lot of really good moments for me. Nice. Um, you know, and and like I said, the fact that it was the first movie that I saw with my son mm-hmm. uh, helped. Um, and I mean, for the longest time, I mean, one and two are kind of interchangeable, but I think mm-hmm. I have such a vivid memory of seeing the first one in the theater when it first came out. Oh, wow. And nice. uh, especially like there's that moment with Buzz and when he tries to fly and Mm-hmm. It just it gets you. Yep. Um, so the the first one has always uh, been my first, been my favorite so far. I would say if I had to rank them right now, maybe it'd go four, one, two, and then three. Oh, interesting. Uh, but like I said, I mean, one and two are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. Two is. Uh, incredible, uh, mm. for a lot of different reasons, but. So you would, is that ranking them like four is the best and four is the three best, is three the is the least best. Yeah. I mean, they're oh, all good. I'll, uh, like I said, I mean, the third one I've just seen so many times yeah. at this point that. That's fair. And, and I will say when I first saw it, I, I loved it. And mm-hmm. of course I got choked up at the end, just yeah. like every other human being. Right. Um, but I, I think I've just seen it so many times. Yeah. And that's, that's something that is, uh, kind of dangerous with these kind yeah. of movies. Um, it's, it's funny. Um, tangent um this weekend i rewatched it the first one uh-huh. and gravity um i was hanging out with kirsten we were rewatching it and then grab it he yes yes um and i introduced her to gravity and like she was freaking out over it and everything but i logged it in letterbox and i realized that um i don't know what this says about me but like okay it came out in 2017 gravity came out in 2013 my check-ins on Letterbox for both of those movies was my eighth viewing of each one. I've <laughs> seen both of those movies eight times. Wow. And it's uh, a little ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, I would probably rank Toy Story 4. I, I would go, uh, my ranking would be Toy Story 3, uh, Toy Story 1. And then four and two. That's hmm. all of them. Yeah. Okay. And it's interesting because like a lot of people love Toy Story two, and it's it's fine. I yeah. I enjoy it, but I don't. I I always kind of and I haven't revisited it in a while, so that could be also it. But um, but I I just feel like it felt a little kind of 
not as good as the first one. <laughs> um, but I think that's also just, I was such a huge fan of Toy Story. Yeah. That I, I don't think Toy Story 2 was ever going to meet that for me. See, I think part of that, and I did kind of feel that way, like I had kind of forgotten about Toy Story 2 until a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think part of that was just like, the first one came out in 94, and yeah. we were what, like... You were eight, I was seven, Mm. and then two came out in 90. I want to say it was like, oh, I want to say it was closer to the first one. Uh, Let's see, Toy Story 2 came out in 99. Oh, wow. Okay, so Mm. we were like, you were 13, I was 12. Mm. So we were almost kind of like too old and too cool for it. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, still too cool for it. Well, yeah, I don't know. but um, <laughs> um, but like especially like the the part that pretty much everyone points to in two mm. is the song with Jesse. Yes, and like I I have hardly any memory. Mm. I remember seeing that in the theater, but I don't remember reacting to it. Okay, so I think if I would have seen it when I was either older or younger, it would have definitely left a bigger mark on me. Okay. Um, and just, just now, like I, I kind of wish that I didn't know what was coming just so that I could have a, like a better reaction to it. Yeah. I'll have to ask my parents what they thought of when they saw it. Um, but so, uh, but you would say the third one was your favorite? Yeah, just because I think that that resonated with me the most yeah. out of all of them. That's fair. Um, yeah, and that's another thing that... Um, should we even really do spoilers, or is there anything more you need to say about um, that? Did you want to talk about in spoilers? I'm sure there's probably a little bit. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, let's... For ghosts... Spoilers. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'll kind of talk around this next point. <laughs> um, this is probably going to be a disaster. But, um, and I, I kind of feel like, and I may have mentioned this to you when we were messaging about it, but the arc that Woody goes through and his, his, the way that it's kind of a story about him finding himself and finding his place in the world, um, is something that maybe will resonate with me at a later time in my life. Yeah. But like right now it just it didn't really hit home with me the way that like the end of Toy Story 3 did or just the imagination of the first Toy Story when I was a kid. Yeah. Um maybe I'm just not there yet in my life. Did did that resonate for you in any big way or do you think I'm there in my life yet? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you asked. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> that's the real reason why I was here. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely like, it's a, it's a really heavy subject to, mm-hmm. to put at kids, but like, yeah, it, it, it really worked. I think that the way that they did it and the way that they set it up was really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Woody, his whole thing, like for throughout the first three and a half movies, has been like he's defined by having a kid and having yeah. being played by someone mm-hmm. and so what is he if he doesn't have that right and so 
I thought that was a really smart, really interesting way to to make a new story that that felt like it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they didn't try to make it like Forky would be the new Woody, you right. know? Um, I think if they would have done that, that would have been kind of lame. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, I was really happy with how, how it ended up and how Woody's storyline, uh, ended. Um, nice. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to revisit it and, and see if maybe rewatching it would, would, make it better for me. Right. Um, I just, I, I don't know. It just, it was a weird experience. Cause like I knew <laughs> that I should uh, be attached to it cause it's a Pixar movie by default, uh-huh. but I, I just couldn't get there emotionally. Um, how'd you feel about Duke Kaboom by the way? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, I thought that was, that was, again, it was another interesting twist on like, uh, a, a character type that they have done in past yeah, movies. It was kind of like Buzz in the original, where he, yeah, uh, Duke. Like for people that haven't seen it, he's this. He, if I remember right, he thinks that he's a toy, but he no, he he knows that he's a toy, but he's disappointed that he can't live up to the standards set right. by the commercial that he was in. Yeah. And so I thought that was a really, uh, just a great way to put a new spin on that, that kind of character. That's true. And it's, it kind of balances a little bit with, uh, or it, it, it helps promote, I guess, Woody's arc through the movie. Um, in a, in a weird way, like it's, it's kind of an interesting, similar kind of, trajectory uh-huh. um but yeah yeah I, I thought he was fine i the internet and this is twitter kind of <laughs> seeping in but like twitter has such a like the twitter hive mind has such a uh, singular focus on like keanu reeves yeah right now like it's kind of weird yeah and it's uh. like it's like i'm like okay keanu reeves is great like he's he's awesome but don't freaking deify him right on social media and, and it feels like okay well like two or three years ago like the 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 kind of uh the big thing was like oh chris pratt he's the internet's boyfriend right and now it's like keanu reeves he's the internet's boyfriend it's like okay just i mean he's cool that's great he's awesome but i uh-huh. just ugh. it's just it's it kind of comes across as just the rep i think it's the repetition of it it just comes across as a little obnoxious to me nothing against him at all cuz he has no control over it but yeah. yeah yeah well uh i will say like a lot of the duke kaboom stuff and i unfortunately since it's been a while since mm-hmm. i've seen it i can't remember anything specific but i remember a lot of his stuff was just hilarious yeah uh he had a lot of the funnier moments mm mm-hmm. Um, him and Kean Peel. Yeah, uh, I loved Kean Peel in this movie. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> they were great. The hands down the funniest parts for me, uh, like I said, was all the cutaway moments, and I can't remember if this was in the uh, the end credits or hmm. like in the middle of the movie. I think when mm-hmm. they were talking about like 
how to get rid of the yes. carny guy. <laughs> so and great. Those were those were pretty great. It, yeah. it went to kind of some dark places. It did. But, um, and at first I kind of thought, like, especially when that early trailer came out, mm-hmm. um, I kind of thought that Key and Peel would be kind of like a like a cash grab kind of thing. Sure. And like kind of distracting Stunt almost. Um, but yeah, they were great. And the, you could tell they had some great chemistry together. Totally. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of any other new characters that were yeah. uh, worth noting. I, I mean, will say as far as Key and Peele are concerned in the carnival itself, like Key and Peele's placement in it um, makes me, and this is a stupid, I don't, it's not a serious thing, but like my headcanon now is that that carnival is the same one from us. Um, <laughs> and so like there's yeah. like dark shit going down that's not, uh, yeah. Well, Dis- Disney owns everything. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's ter- certainly possible. Yep. Um <laughs> Speaking of the carnival scene, I do remember uh, there was a little detail that I really liked, mm-hmm. and it was um, when the carny guy like finds Buzz Lightyear, and he mm-hmm. uh, he still recognizes that it's Buzz Lightyear, ah. and I thought that that was a really cool, yeah, uh, kind of a a world building moment, I guess. Yeah, because he'd be that and, age. Yeah, yeah, and it's I don't know, it's. It's almost like that was a nice touch. Uh, Buzz Lightyear is still cool and relevant in this world, and right. Um, it's it's kind of hard to imagine any kind of a toy in this world still being relevant and cool. You know, yeah. Oh, twenty yeah. years later, huh? Yeah, I can't think of anything. Um, except for the old, you know, cup and ball game and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Uh, That's I a big even... one at our house. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Um, the only toys we have here are crinkle toys for the cat. Sure. Um, yes. And recording equipment for the mat. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, should we close out this review of Toy Story 4? Well, Any parting thoughts? Um, so, this is, I guess, kind of, I'm sure you'll agree with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for sure, like, the best looking uh animated movie ever right yes and that's something that i can always appreciate about pixar because they always with the good dinosaur notwithstanding (laughs) they always 99 of the time step up their game yeah um it's it was gorgeous like i mean yeah like there's that first scene in the rain and it's yes oh that was was, yeah just That was just kind of like they were just like flexing their muscles. Exactly, and they were showing off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but to go along, I mean the there was uh, the that whole first scene was great. Mm-hmm. I I really liked uh, the tension between. Yeah. It, for those that haven't seen it, it kind of does some backstory and mm-hmm. explaining why Bo Peep wasn't in Toy Story three. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, while being kind of like a quintessential like Toy Story rescue mission kind of yeah story, I, yeah, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. yeah, so it was a nice little like encapsulation of just everything that mm-hmm. the Toy Story franchise has kind of been about. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll say, uh, unless you have something else, sad, yeah. um, 
Well, and I guess to go along with the looks of it, there's that scene in the antique store mm-hmm. when uh, I think it's just Buzz and Bo Peep and they're like on top of whatever it is and they like the yeah. sun comes shining in and it's just it looks great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Just um, oof. So good. Um visually incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean the other uh the only other really great technically speaking mm-hmm. animated movie that I really like is uh into the spider verse but oh, yeah that's just that's a whole different style of animation absolutely and, um but this is just pure cgi and it, mm. it, all of it just looks great yep um but the only other thing that i wanted to ask you about like toy story 3 was nominated as best picture oh um, yeah I, I can't remember if any of the other ones were as well i'm um, sure the first one was just because it yeah. was like a blockbuster for its the type of animation. I don't remember. I want to say that Ratatouille or Up was maybe nominated for Best Picture, but I, I really don't know. Well, the uh, what I was going to get at was mm-hmm. like it, it's pretty much a lock that it'll at least be nominated, right? Yeah. Um, best so Picture or Best Animated? Best, well. Definitely best animated. Oh, Do you yeah. think it'll be best picture? That's that's a tough call. Um Oh, um I could see it getting the nomination. I don't see it winning by any stretch. Right, yeah. But um you know, I I really don't know. I don't know. I don't I guess uh we'll kind of talk a little bit later about mm-hmm. like upcoming movies but sure. um but i i don't know if i would be mad if it did get nominated for best picture or not okay um cuz i mean it's it's going to be a crowded year <laughs> that's what um, i was thinking too but hobbs and shaw crawl yes. um, um uh what was the Will Ferrell um, one? Hobbs, Holmes, and oh, Watson. Holmes and Watson. That one's technically eligible, I think. Is it? Oh, or no. or was that? No, that was a that was a 2018 movie, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Never mind. Ugh. Um, Ugh. but for anime, it's it's going to be going up against uh, the sequel to Frozen. Oh so, yeah. So, I mean, huh? It's a little unfair because we haven't seen that one, but right. Uh, how do you feel about? The Frozen franchise. I've seen it once. Same here. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> and I was half I think, asleep. <laughs> I think it was, like, immediately after it came out on DVD. Okay. Um, I know my wife hates it. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's not my favorite mm-hmm. Pixar movie. It's Oh, it's... Uh, Frozen wasn't uh, Pixar. Right, right, right. Disney okay. animation? Sure. Yeah. I always get the two of them confused. Yeah. Which ones are which. I can to- I totally get that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll see it eventually. Probably not mm. in theaters, but yeah. Um, but which one, I guess, like I said, it's a little unfair because we haven't seen sure. it, but, uh, which one do you anticipate winning best animated? 
if it was, I can't imagine there would be a third yeah. contender. See, and that's that's kind of a tricky thing because I would hope that I would hope that in the next few months there will be a Spider Verse type movie that <laughs> kind of just is like takes everyone everyone's yeah. breath away um, and does something truly unique to the format because I don't see Frozen Two being anything artistically that. Like, I, I don't see them competing artistically with, like, Pixar's past work. Right. Um, but I don't think Toy Story 4 was Pixar's best work by any stretch, or most original even. So, I think it would be kind of a toss-up without having seen Frozen 2. I would hope for, my lukewarm review notwithstanding, I would hope for Toy Story 4, just because I yeah love Pixar. and Well, I, I think... The the thing that Frozen has working for it is it pretty much cleaned up at the Oscars when it That's first came out. And but what's working against it is like the first one just told such a tightly wound story that mm-hmm. you it didn't really I mean, they certainly didn't leave it open ended to a sequel, sure. but it didn't really feel like a sequel was necessary. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to tell exactly. Well, I, I think there has been a little bit of plot description about the mm-hmm. second one, but. Yeah, because it's. We've really. I didn't. I only saw like the teaser once. There's been one trailer. Okay. And it's mostly just a bunch of quick cuts. And, okay. I mean, it, it looks great, mm-hmm. uh, technically speaking, yeah. but. It's hard to tell exactly what it's about. Sure. So. Did you see Coco in theaters? And follow-up question, did you see the ridiculous 20-minute long <laughs> Olaf short film that they stuck before it? Uh, no and no. Okay. Um, You're I've so seen, lucky. <laughs> I've seen Coco many times, and I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. It's amazing. On Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so imagine being in the theater and like, like my experience was I, I saw Coco with Kirsten and she had seen it the weekend before. And like, as the trailers are about to start, she's like, Hey, by the way, there's like a 20 minute frozen short film before this. So just prepare yourself. And I'm like, it it can't really be 20 minutes, right? (laughs) 20 minutes is rough. Yeah. I mean, those are normally like seven or eight. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Wow. And uh, do you remember what the short film was before Toy Story? I haven't. Before? Uh, was I, there one? I there would almost have to have been one. Um. Oh, it's like almost there, but I can't remember. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I. I don't hmm. think there was one. Interesting. Um. I know there was the one before The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Incredibles too, um, but I just don't remember there being one. Yeah, I don't either. Um, hmm. Oh, uh, I don't think there was then. Personally, a Disney representative confirms there will be no short accompanying the film. Toy Story Four. Okay, yeah. Then I guess that's why. Okay. Okay. Cool. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, no reason was given for the omission, although it's hard not to conjure the unpleasant memories of the Coco-adjacent Olaf's <laughs> Frozen Adventure, which famously tested viewers' patience with its 21-minute runtime. Wow. Um, and that was actually also pulled from theaters, like, after the after the reactions came through. Nice. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't quick enough for me to not have to suffer through it. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I think that'll do it for our review of Toy Story 4. Um, do you want to do a review of The Farewell? Yeah, let's okay, do it. Cool, so we are that. that's our review of Toy Story 4, and we're going to now review The Farewell, um, which I am bringing up here on my, on my phone that is now loading. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, here's, uh, I should have said this before about Toy Story 4. Here's a clip from the trailer for The Farewell. <laughs> What's wrong, Dad? Please tell me. Your nan is dying. She doesn't know, so you can't say anything. The family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have saying, when people get cancer, they die. We have to go to China. Wedding is an excuse so everyone can see her. He's my only cousin. Do you think I should be there? You can't hide your emotions. If you go, Nana will find out right away. Um, okay, The Farewell is a movie written and directed by Lulu Wang. Uh, the plot description, courtesy of IMDb, is a Chinese family discovers their grandmother has only a short while left to live and decide to keep her in the dark, scheduling a wedding to gather before she di- to, to gather before she dies. Uh, the movie stars Aquafina as Billy and Zai Ma, uh, Diane Lin, Diana Lin, and several other people. Who plays Nai Nai? Uh, Nai Nai is played by Nai Nai is played by by Shuzhen uh, uh, Zhao. Okay. Um, yes. So this movie is, um, a, a small, small film based on a true story. Um, Aquafina, let's start with her. Like, what was your expectations going into the farewell? Um, I had heard some really glowing things about it on social media. Yeah. And like, I went into it with some slight, maybe not reservations, but I kind of went into it thinking like, oh, Aquafina, like, I think Aquafina's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm over a tap water kind of guy. <laughs> um, that's actually not true. I buy Ice Mountain. Um, anyway, and generic. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I can confirm. Yes. Um, I buy, uh, water in bulk because the tap water here sucks. Anyway, so, um, Aquafina is the star of this movie and I, I've always kind of felt like she was a little one note. Like, People lauded her performance in uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which yeah. is a movie I was lukewarm about anyway. But I felt like she was just a little too overbearing, I guess. So yeah. anyway, did you? how that's, did you feel going into it and all that? That's fair. And I mean, this character is just a complete 180 100%. from Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. So don't go into it expecting a retread of that character. Right. Um, and I would, yeah, yep. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's one of the biggest surprises of Mm -hmm. this movie was, uh, her casting as this character. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, she, she nails it. 
Yeah. Pretty much from start to finish. She was incredible. Like I foot in my mouth. Like she was amazing. Yeah. And, um, I do respect, I respect her judgment in taking the role because uh-huh. like she is like, she's, I don't know. Maybe she's an A-list actress right now, but like she's like a hot commodity, and like going into like like coming out of like Crazy Rich Asians and like all of this like momentum that she has from like Ocean's Eight, also I think, um, and she does this like independent, like not independent, but like this low, like this this small indie drama kind of movie. Um, yeah. That feels just really personal and everything. So yeah. yeah, and uh, she, her character is uh the stand-in for the director. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, it's it's another interesting uh turn for her, and just um just adds another layer to what made this movie so interesting. Yeah. Um, and at at the kind of center of her arc is like this identity crisis that yeah. she kind of has about, cause she's like the, she's like the, uh, Chinese American. Yeah. She character. moved to America. Yeah. I think when she was six mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, uh, the, I mean the plot description that you read, that's, that's pretty much the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh overall, um, but there's there's that initial struggle with uh mm-hmm. w- like it's like a moral struggle with whether or not she should or should not tell her grandma right um but then there's this other like cultural struggle mm-hmm. where she's trying to struggle with the chinese uh her chinese heritage and her american upbringing and there's a, I think it's a line in the trailer and I can't remember it exactly. So I'm just paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but it's something along the lines of like in China, like someone's death doesn't, doesn't just belong to themselves. It belongs to the whole right. community and the whole family. Um, and so she's struggling with that in addition to struggling with whether or not she should tell her grandma that she is going to die yeah um and it's it's a really interesting kind of source of drama in the movie in that it's it's not like overtly dramatic or anything it's not like hyper hollywoodized or anything it's just very much like a crisis of conscious of crisis of conscience and it's more about her having been kind of um assimilated into American culture and like not really having as strong a grasp on her heritage as a, as a Chinese woman. Right. And the culture that, that she, I don't want to say left behind, but the culture that she's been away from for the majority of her life. Right. Even though, even though she still speaks, speaks pretty fluent Chinese. Mm. Um, I'm like, she, she early on, she, uh, it's established that she calls and talks to her grandma like pretty mm-hmm. much every day. Yeah. Um, so she still got that. So there's still a part of her that still is holding on to that Chinese heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of it, 
Like there, there aren't really a whole lot of scenes of her in America. Right. Uh, so you don't really get a firsthand experience of her like American upbringing. Right. Um, but like you were saying there, the, the interesting source of drama for this, uh, of course it's all based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it's that age old conundrum of like, if you could find out when you're going to die, would you yeah. want to find out? Right. And so she's, she's trying to, uh, wrestle with that. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting premise for a movie. Yeah. Uh, if, if it was not based on real life. Right. Yeah. Uh, tons of shots of Chinese food. Yes. Like real Chinese food. Yeah. Not I mean, American Chinese food. If you walk out of this and you're not craving Chinese food, you probably weren't paying attention. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, cause like I, I went, I saw it in the theater and I was the only one in the theater. <laughs> um, I think, I, I think it was in the Patreon recording we were talking about that, but, yeah. um, I basically just kind of throughout the movies kind of, cause it was like an after work movie and I was kind of drowsy. So I got up and like, moved to different seats and stuff and kind of acclimated to what or uh tried to i tried to calibrate the perfect uh theater seat in, in the auditorium yeah. but um when i probably should have been paying more attention to the movie but anyway um the shots of the food was just glamorous and beautiful yeah um uh not as like not as like big as like crazy rich asians like depiction of right because that was like food porn but yeah, this uh this movie was 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 uh an interesting exp- I didn't know really what to expect. I knew the central premise and yeah. I didn't know what to, I didn't know what the story was really going to be. Um and I was pleasantly surprised like the farther I get away from it, I I think I was kind of lukewarm about it, but um the far enough, far farther I get away from it, the more it kind of it's sat with me and it's kind of I've kind of worked it out a little bit more to to actually really enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Um and like we said especially Aquafina's performance was like it was it was really good. Yeah. Really good. Her and uh the actress that played Nai Nai mm-hmm. their chemistry together was fantastic. Oh, totally. Uh and just the Nai Nai character altogether her, her uh all of her scenes were great and mm-hmm. uh she kind of i think i think the reason why this movie probably won't resonate with mm-hmm. mainstream audiences not only because it's kind of a smaller indie movie right. but uh it's i think it's more it's a it's there's in, there isn't one one scene that stands out that mm-hmm. you can point to it's like that is the movie in a nutshell. Right. It's like a collection of really great scenes with mm-hmm. uh really just rich characters that uh you can tell they, they all have good chemistry together yeah. and um there there wasn't really a plot point that felt like contrived. Right. I think a story like this could easily like in the hands of a big studio could easily have gotten a little contrived and a little silly and melodramatic too. Yeah. Um, but 
there there were just a, a lot of really good uh memorable scenes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciated the kind of raw emotion of it uh, uh-huh. because it's very much like you said it's based on a true story. It's like you feel that as a true story. Um I did really like the scene at the hospital with the doctor and Billy talking uh-huh. English. Like I thought that was a really <laughs> well done scene. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really good. Um and yeah. in each of the characters uh they they all kind of get their moments uh with Billy and they all kind of get to like plead their case with mm-hmm. her and yeah um and she kind of gets to plead her case with them and they all get this this interesting shading almost one at a time and yeah um that was a really good really nice way to uh, set up who these characters are and mm-hmm. um, it didn't really feel like I guess if there were any wasted characters it would possibly be like her cousin the one that's supposedly getting married oh and yeah his fiance but I mean they had some pretty funny parts that, they there yeah. was there was a scene when they are doing their like engagement shoot mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that really resonated with you being yes a photographer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, though my my engagement shoots aren't nearly that fancy, but okay. um, still high quality. If you need an engagement mm-hmm. shoot or a wedding, yep, nice. Um, and what like just what website would they go to? BenSearsPhotography.com. There you go. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I don't think there is really a weak link in this this cast. I. I agree, and it's it's a ty- it's the type of movie that, like I said, just kind of sat with me, and I I really appreciated the performances and just the the story that it was telling because it was like a kind of a window into a culture that I'm not familiar with, and like you go into like just the central premise of like okay this this grandmother has cancer and no one's telling her about it and it's being kept from her. It's like you think. You go into it as like a clueless American person, um, thinking like, okay, well, that's kind of heinous. That's that's evil. Like, or that, right. maybe not evil, but like that's kind of shady, um, right? But like, well, it kind of you you kind of get introduced to this cultural kind of thing. That's it, yeah. I found it really fascinating. Yeah. Um, not to mention, like, it was really just well directed. Like, mm-hmm. there is. Plenty of really interesting locations. Yes. Um, uh, Nine Eyes apartment, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, just stood out to me as just being very, like, authentic. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to find out, like, how much of this was actually shot in China. Cause it all, oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, uh, interiors. Mm-hmm. And so it could have easily been shot here, but, right. Um, uh, yeah, it just, the way it was all put together just felt really authentic. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> stupid. Uh, like, okay, I asked if you, if Toy Story 4 resonated with you as a father. Did this resonate with you as a grandmother? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, um, uh, the part of the reason why this, uh, 
why I liked it so much at first. Like when I saw it, um, my grandmother, she's 93 now. Oh, wow. And, um, she, I mean, she doesn't live in China. She lives in Cincinnati. Sure. But, um, so, but I still, I don't get to see her as often as I would like. Mm -hmm. But, um, one of the things that it didn't make me cry, but it kind of mm -hmm. like, I was almost there. Sure. Um, it was kind of at the end when she is waving goodbye to them as they're like going to the airport. Yeah. Like that got to me a lot. That, um, and yeah. mostly just like, it's, it's a really good emotional moment on its own, mm -hmm. but like my grandma, her thing, uh, when, whenever, I think even back when she was living at her house, mm -hmm. um, whenever we would leave, she would stand out on her porch or outside of her doorway mm -hmm. and she would wave at us until we, uh, until Aww. we were like driving away. Nice. And she still does this like at her wow. independent living, mm -hmm. uh, apartment. And That's she, sweet. like, she tells us like, when you get to the hall, turn around and wave. Huh. And so. That's. That's sweet. That hit me. Nice. Uh, that that scene in the movie uh, affected me too. Yeah. Because because your grandmother always. I'm yeah. Um, uh, no, it's interesting. All my grandparents are dead. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, so well, and and to go on top of that too, like mm -hmm. at the time that I'd seen it, she. Uh, she has not been doing so great in her health oh. either. Um, I mean, she's, she's mostly fine. She's still mm -hmm. kicking, but, uh, like she had fallen a couple times recently. Oh. So, uh, yeah. it was a little rough and sure. just knowing that going into this, uh, it was, I probably should have seen it coming, but yeah, uh, yeah, sure. it was, it really, it's, it's emotional. Nice. Well, that's great that it resonated with you in such a big way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it, I think I just, uh, admired it more for its, uh, the display of the culture and then the kind of the, um, performances and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. Positive review. <laughs> so, um, so. I'm going to try not to spoil this. Okay. So there's a, there's a card a title card at the very end, like oh, as yes. the credits are running, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. So did not see that coming. Did that affect the rest of the movie for you at all? Um, with the hindsight of that, with the hindsight of that, I thought with, with th that kind of made me th think that, uh, it made me think like, Boy, they're lucky this is a true story because I would not <laughs> right. buy into buy into that if it was fiction. Um but I, I thought that it was uh it was a nice it was a nice kind of surprise, a, a surprise button on it. Yeah. Um well, and that I didn't really see coming. At the very beginning it kind of takes a, a funny twist on mm -hmm. based on a true story. The the tagline is like based on an actual lie. Yes. Um and so I, I, was I cool. it was a good little like bookend to mm -hmm. that. Um Yeah. Yeah. Uh really solid movie. Yeah. I would recommend it. I liked it too. Uh do you foresee um, let's see. Do you foresee Aquafina getting an Oscar nomination? 
for it? Uh, in a perfect world, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, unfortunately, since this is such a small movie, mm-hmm. probably not. Yeah. That and just, like, I think Meryl Streep's in, like, two movies later oh, this year. So, dang. Um, yeah, I mean, in a, like I said, in a perfect world, in any just world, uh, she would be. Yeah. And, uh, as hmm. previously established from earlier this year, the Oscars mm-hmm. are, you know, fair and just. And yeah. They know exactly what's, what, yeah. uh, constitute, uh, constitutes a good movie and a good performance. Absolutely. I was going to say that we still have like four months for all the green books to come out. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. They're on a perfect streak. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess that's our review of The Farewell. Um, I'm really glad that I got a chance to check it out in theaters. And did, yeah, Which and which myself. theater did you see it at? I saw it at the AMC. Did I see it at Southern Plaza? Yeah, I saw it at Southern Plaza okay. um, on the south side, which is my favorite of the AMCs in the area. Sure. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw it, I saw it at Keystone. Okay. Because I was afraid that, like, it would be there and then it would just go away. Yeah. Um, Just because it is such a small movie Mm -hmm. and this is Indianapolis where we don't really get anything. Yeah, we're not a big market. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, but then to my pleasant surprise, Mm -hmm. uh, like, the week after, of course, that I saw it, it started showing at wider theaters. So yeah, yeah, that's good. It is good, and I, I like that AMC has kind of rebranded their AMC Independent like declaration or title or whatever to yeah. AMC Artisan Films, <laughs> and I feel like that's like that by itself is an interesting way to kind of I don't know add some add some pomp to the kind of lesser movie or not lesser but the brings in the the film nerds exactly yeah um speaking of which we established you don't have a list negative okay and uh you have no interest in a list i mean if someone were to gift it for <laughs> me for christmas right i wouldn't turn it down okay um wink Nice. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask, like, did the, uh, the news or the release of Regal Unlimited, uh, did that have any effect on you? Not really. Okay. I mean, there's, what, two, maybe? No, there's, there's Avon, Greenwood, Carmel, and downtown? Fishers. Oh, yeah, downtown. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess there's, yeah. there's more regals than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, because the structure is pretty similar to A-List, right? Pretty much. I think they actually allow you to see more. I think it's like an unlimited, like literally unlimited, mm. like, because A-List is three movies a week, um, but unlimited is just every, every movie. But. If I remember correctly, and I know I said this on the podcast, so I hope I remember correctly, um, it's a one year commitment. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm not, I would love to get it and kind of test it out for the podcast, but I'm not going to have a year long commitment to something that I already have with AMC, um, it, which is my preferred theater chain anyway, because as I've said, the regal near me is not that great. 
No, yeah. you're referring to uh, Shiloh and Avon. Yeah. No, it's not no. that great, and I can yeah. tell that from experience. That was my first job. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. What year? Did we talk about this before? I don't think so. Okay. What year would you say? Uh, it was my senior year of high school. Okay. Uh, so I started there in '04, mm-hmm. summer of '04, and I think I stayed on through like uh like midway through my first year of college okay when i was like home on break and stuff Interesting. um but no i didn't yeah. like it uh i worked around the same time what year did you say oh four to oh six ish okay oh five ish summer of oh four i worked at eagle highlands okay which is now dead and gone um oh. but yeah um also regal theater yeah uh, so yeah interesting i remember my boss being freaked out and worried about like i think that was the time when the plainfield theater was being built and maybe the brownsburg one oh. and so he was freaking out about losing business to them and oh wow uh, that was his uh, passive aggressive threat to us at every team meeting. Oh God! About how we were gonna lose business. Jeez. So we need to be nice to all the people that were assholes to us. Right. Ugh. But anyway. Yeah, I remember my first weekend working there, um, at Eagle Highlands was um the weekend of Spider Man Two. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, which was super busy. Uh huh. And they decided to put me in the back concession stand that they opened up that was rarely ever opened up. Yeah. Like, I vividly remember some dude coming up and saying, like, hey, uh, I'm in Spider-Man 2, and the sound cut out a little bit, so if you guys can rewind it, <laughs> like, that's not a thing that can be done. Right. <laughs> um, Kind of a fixed schedule, and also, <laughs> like, they were still projecting on film. Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay. But I didn't, like, know that, because I'm just, like, a stupid teenager. So I'm like, so I made it kind of an ass on myself, like... Uh, telling the assistant manager, like, yeah, this guy complained about it. Can, can we rewind it? And they're like, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, so the farewell, um, good stuff. I had a stupid joke I was going to make. Farewell um, to the farewell. Yes. Farewell to the farewell. Oh, here, here it is. Um, you might say that between the two of us, the, this movie really fared well. Um, with us when he reviewed it. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> to those that are listening, those moments are even more magical to experience in person <laughs> than when you're just listening to it. Well, thank you. It's a whole you. nother, whole nother <laughs> level to it. Yes. Uh, thank you. You thank could you. only be so lucky. <laughs> right. Um, so let's see. So we should probably start winding down a little bit. I wanted to ask you about movies coming up that you're interested in, anything on the horizon that you are eager to see, or any movies that you've caught wind of that may surprise you or anything? Yes. Um, well, I mean, there's, there's the obvious, like, there's the blockbusters like Star Mm -hmm. Wars and, um... Uh, there's, uh, The Irishman, the Scorsese movie that I'm excited about. Although Mm. I think I read recently it's, it's going to be like three and a half hours, which will be Scorsese's longest. Jeez. 
I don't know if I think God it'll be on Netflix. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm kind of getting at there. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited about that. Um. Uh, the Joker coming out in a few weeks. I yeah. think. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think it's coming out early next month. So yeah, uh-huh. in a few weeks. Um. There's been some interesting like buzz surrounding it. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh. A lot of early people were saying, like, this could be an Oscar contender for Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the movie overall, but. Sure. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen a couple, like, early press reviews on mm-hmm. Letterboxd, and I haven't really read the reviews. I've just kind of checked out the star ratings and stuff, but. Right. Uh, the star ratings have been a little underwhelming. I noticed Which that Which is kind too. of surprising, but um and it's funny cuz like the trailers like I first of all, I just it's kind of a similar attitude that I have that I had about Solo a Star Wars story. Because I'm just like and Venom also. Uh-huh. Like I'm just like it's somewhat intriguing, but I'm also like who's asking for this? Like right. why is this a thing? Um and like the trailers did I mean like, they just released the final trailer, like, last week, and I was just like, I mean, I'm going to see it, and I'm going to be interested in it, but I just don't, I just, I'm not that interested in it for some reason. I think, because it's... I just realized I just said, I'm interested in it, but I'm just not <laughs> interested in it. But sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I think the big thing is there hasn't really been a whole lot about the story mm-hmm. come out yet. I know it's kind of like an origin story for the Joker yeah. and you can kind of piece together what it is mm-hmm. from the trailers. If you know enough about his backstory. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I just like you, I'll, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. definitely go see it. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a movie that's going to inspire a lot of conversation. Maybe right. good, maybe bad. Well, um, and Joaquin Phoenix is, I would say, probably my favorite actor oh, currently. Nice. So uh, I'm just excited to see what he does because mm-hmm. uh, he can he can play crazy and he can play like gentle. Yeah. Um, so I I think he's he's a good choice for that kind of origin story role yeah i just i i'm just really excited to see him get damaged tattoo on his forehead <laughs> um that's my big thing about yeah him. I, I mean he's he's a pretty committing actor so mm. he may just do it you know sure. for real um but i and i've heard like people have stated that this is like a i think they're implying that it's like a a vehicle for like the incel movement and like <laughs> those sad individuals online. <laughs> yeah. Like I think red pill, red yeah. pillars, men's rights activists. Yeah. That it's like, it's kind of messy in that regard. Obviously I can't comment on that. Um, because we haven't seen it, but, um, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to imagine a character yeah. like the Joker being, a. A stand-up uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, or like a, some kind of a vehicle for the 
the men's rights oh, activist yeah. movement or the incel or whatever. Yeah. I did see a great um, tweet that, like, um, okay, so it, it premiered in Venice at the Venice Film Festival, I believe, uh, this past weekend. And uh, International Film Critique, or at INT Film Critique on Twitter, uh, shared their review. Um, and someone retweeted it and said, this tweet brought to you by thesaurus.com. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and read their inter- international film critiques, uh, um, little tweet review here. <clears throat> that was brought to you by thesaurus.com. Joker movie is an efficacious and disturbing <laughs> film that's equally meritorious and tragic. Phoenix's roaring, monstrous performance as the clown of crime is so immaculate, so maestoso, it's a prodigious accomplishment and marks the apex of his already superlative career. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I know exactly what that means. Yeah, exactly. And someone responded with a, a gif of Matt LeBlanc as Joey Tribbiani that said like signed baby kangaroo Tribbiani because there was a whole there was an episode where he's writing to the adoption agency on behalf of Chandler and Monica and he does the the whole thesaurus thing nice but yeah um so does that increase or lower your ex your excitement for Joker um I'm still excited mm-hmm. um I'll like I said I'll I'll go see it yeah uh, Eventually, either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you seen the trailer for Ad Astra? Yes. Yeah. That oh. was the next one I was going to oh, say. nice. Um, yeah, very yeah. excited for that one. Same here. I, it seems like there's minimum one, like, I don't know if I'd say prestigious, but like one, like, studio-backed or, or big, like, sci-fi space yeah. movie per year. Um and I, I just, I like that trend. I wish there was more. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that movie. Yeah. Quite a bit. Um, kind of speaking of which, have you mm-hmm. seen High Life? I haven't, but I've, I've been curious to check it out. I, I need to. I know that that came out last year. Um, I don't know. It's kind of unclear. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe it, it was in one of the festivals or something. Okay. And then, um, but one of those, yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. I okay. it's one of my favorites this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. Any other movies coming out? Knives Out. I'm really excited uh, about. Yeah. Um, um, I just had it. Oh, um, did you ever see Good Time? 2017. Uh, I didn't. Another Ugh. Robert Pattinson movie. Yes. Right? Yeah. That was one of my favorites of that year. Okay. Uh, directed by, I think it was Ben and, Ben and Josh Safdie, the okay. Safdie brothers. Sure. Um, and they've got a new one coming out later this year. Nice. Called, uh, Uncut Gems. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, from what I can tell, it's like Good Time was this, like, gritty uh just fast-paced insane uh new york type drama mm-hmm. and uh from what i have heard and can have seen 
of this one. I don't think a trailer has been out yet, but okay. it's uh, the Safdie brothers starring uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so huh. I'm all for that. I mean, I, okay. I really liked uh, how they directed Pattinson and mm-hmm. how he he performed wow. in that one. So it should. I'm weirdly intrigued now. Well, huh? Let me. I'll try and pull up a picture. Okay. Because I think there's really only been one like still photo from the set about it. Okay. And here it is. So this is Adam Sandler. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. He, yeah, he just, I mean, it's, uh, fingers crossed, it's not going to be like your typical Adam Sandler yeah. movie. Um, so, speaking of which, uh, maybe you guys can use that to uh, revisit the Summer of Sandler. I, <laughs> there have been so many conversations or, about that. Or would that count because he's not, like, making it? Um, It would count because we, unfortunately, it would count because we would okay. have to do every movie he's appeared in. <laughs> um, we we really need to, to do the next Summer of Sandler um well you heard it here first folks yes get ready for that one (laughs) um let's see other movies so the the current war have you heard about that um who's in it it's got benedict cumberbatch as thomas edison and nicholas holt as nikola tesla um the movie is an interesting it's interesting. It's also got Tom Holland, Matthew McFadden, uh, Catherine Waterston, uh, Michael Shannon. Um, it, I've seen previews for it. It's basically the, uh, according to IMDb, the dramatic story of the cutthroat race between electric, electricity titans, Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse to determine whose electrical system would power the modern world. Hmm. Um, what's interesting about it is that this movie was completed in 2017. But, um, it got shelved because of, um, okay, so it premiered in the Toronto International Film Festival in September 2017, uh, and was originally supposed to release in the U.S. and U.S. theaters in November of 2017. However, after Harvey Weinstein was accused of sexual misconduct and rape by several women in a detailed article published, blah, 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 uh, the Weinstein company scrapped the original release date and sold the film to Lantern Entertainment, who later sold it. Uh, its distribution rights to 101 Studios. The film would finally be shown to movie theaters in Europe in July 2019 and the U.S. in October 2019. Hmm. Um, it has not gotten great reviews, um, but I'm kind of curious about it. It's interesting just because uh, that sounds eerily similar to the plot, I mean, in structure anyway, of mm-hmm. the uh, Ford v. Ferrari movie. Oh, yeah. Ford oh, v. Right. Ferrari, Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> um, which I just watched the trailer for the other day, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm excited for that one now too. Nice. I yeah. I haven't seen the trailer. I don't think. Okay. But I'm I'm excited for it just because it seems like it'll be good. Yeah. Um. There are a couple of uh Disney movies that I think they're both Disney. Um. I think this is. Disney. I don't know. Um, there are a couple of Christmas movies, basically. Uh, Last Christmas with Amelia Clark 
and also Noel with Anna Kendrick. Yeah. That's coming out. Uh, looking forward to those. And then there was another one that I saw that, I, oh, of course, It Chapter 2, Doctor Sleep. Um, are you aware of Motherless Brooklyn? I've heard a couple things about it. I haven't watched the trailer yet. Okay. The trailer makes me a little, maybe not nervous, but it makes me, when I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks good, but it's extenuating circumstances because this is a project that Edward Norton has wanted to make for like, yeah. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tiny and I talked about it like when we were in high school and we were like obsessed with Edward Norton because of Fight Club. <laughs> um, sure. So like, I'm just excited that it's actually coming out and it's been made. Um, so yeah. Uh, the other one that I'm excited for is, uh, actually, I think the, I think the final trailer, uh, mm-hmm. th- was, or maybe the official trailer, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, was just released today for, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. The I haven't seen Take the trailer yet, YTT but... movie. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize until today just how stacked that cast is. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, Taika Waititi mm-hmm. uh, plays an imaginary Hitler, yeah. uh, from what I can tell. And then, like, Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell, um, Rebel Wilson's in it. Uh, and then nice. uh, Thomason McKenzie from Leave No Trace from last year. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. She's in the that, daughter. too. Mm-hmm. Wow. She was great in that. Yeah. Man. So, um, I, I've, uh, lately I've kind of been on a, like, I, I just watched, uh, What We Do in the Shadows for the first time recently. Okay. Um, and so I've been looking forward to that one. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, cats? Yes. That's, uh, you know, I, I am strangely kind of, uh, looking forward to that just because, oh, really? like, I can remember, uh, when I was growing up, my dad went to London for a business trip okay. and saw Cats there and brought the soundtrack back and we just listened to it like crazy. And, uh, after the trailer came out, I downloaded the soundtrack again mm-hmm. and just, I, I started having these like sensory memories of the oh, music and, um, I mean, yeah, it, it does look insane and the yeah. stuff of nightmares, but, um, it, I, I just like the, the music. The music sure. is solid. Um, maybe hmm. just go and just keep your eyes closed the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I've already conscripted Kirsten for, uh, she and I, like, she and I are going to see it and then we're going to review it because, um, it feels like it's like it's what is meant to be uh-huh. <laughs> because it's a movie. It's about cats, yeah, and it's based on a theatrical production. So it's like an amalgam of uh, everything that we are about, basically. <laughs> right. Um, uh, the other so, one I wanted to get to mm-hmm. uh, is the uh, the Tom Hanks uh, Mr. Rogers oh, movie. Oh yeah. Uh, um, won't you be my neighbor? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. That yeah. was the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's an interesting, uh, from the trailer that I've seen, I think it's an interesting angle. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just like a biopic of him, like growing up and starting the show, uh, at least from what I can tell. Uh, so do you think that it will be legal to see the movie without your parents? Um, wait what (laughs) (laughs) i just think like it's it's one of those that you go in it's coming out on thanksgiving yeah and it's like it's definitely like a parent movie (laughs) yeah you go and see it with your parents and Mm -hmm. then you go and cry in the lobby afterwards right and you tell each other how much you love each other yeah um I, yeah, that's true. That's and it true. stars, you know, America's dad, Tom Hanks. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, I kind of wonder how it's going to fare just in terms of just public reaction after Won't You Be My Neighbor? Cause Won't You Be My Neighbor was a big hit or yeah. it got a lot of traction and it was really well done. So. Except for the Oscar voters. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to talk about that, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anything else? I know that we're cutting it close to um, the time I'm you sure demanded there, to be finished. <laughs> there probably are some, like, some smaller, like, Oscar movies, but nothing really that I'm, like, dying to go and see. Sure. Yeah. Netflix, there's going to be a lot of, like, Oscar movies on Netflix this year. They're going all out, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Marriage Story, I think. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. new Noah Baumbach movie. Yeah, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Um, I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. Because they just, they just recently announced, like, their releases for. Yeah. Maybe not the rest of the year. theater releases and then streaming. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so should we close it out? Do you have potpourri? Do you have time think, for potpourri? I think I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, cool. We can save that for next time. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Um, okay, so why don't you, wh- we're gonna round out the episode. Why don't you tell people where they can find you and your photography and your reviews? Like, tell us what you've reviewed and, uh, where they can find it. Um, it's at obsessiveviewer.com. <laughs> Yes, this great site that's uh, easy to find, obsessiveviewer.com, great has links to uh, a site, <laughs> Facebook and Twitter and uh, Matt's Letterboxd. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's uh, so far I've only posted two as of this recording, mm-hmm. um, but I've got a couple more on my Letterboxd page. Nice. Um as for photography, just Ben Sears pho- Ben uh has links to all of my other social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. So nice. And uh once again follow him him on Instagram at Ben Sears Film. Ben and- Sears Film and Ben Sears Photo. Yes. Um all right, great. Well that will do it for this episode of Obsessive Viewer. <laughs> Um, had to remember what it was called again. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening to us and supporting us. And thank you to, uh, new patron Aaron and, uh, bumped up patron, uh, Robert, who he, uh, Robert in Utah, uh, good friend of the show. He also 
I don't know if I want to say it, but like he donated some money and was like, "Hey, I have this idea for this for this episode that you guys can do in October." So we're gonna we're gonna work to to get that done, and I'm I'm really excited about it because it's actually really good. I'm um, coming for you, Robert, yeah. in Utah. <laughs> nice. This means war. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you will always have been. Tiny's elementary school friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but Ben, thank you so much for coming back on the show and for for contributing to the website and everything. And uh, thanks for having yeah, me. It's been absolutely. a lot of fun. Oh yeah, finally caved to my pressure. <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime. Oh. And uh, yes, okay, yes. <laughs> as long as you bump up to like the. $35. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. totally joking. I should not joke about Patreon. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for supporting us and giving us money. Uh, it really means a whole lot. Anyway, it means everything. So, uh, yeah. So, coming up next on the podcast, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, I might try to get Fekus back on because he just got back from Italy. Uh, dude just went to Italy. God, I'm so jealous. Um, he went to As Italy. You do. No big deal. You what? I said, as you do. Oh, no yeah. No big deal. Right. And he just booked a Cancun vacation for October and November. <laughs> Not like like the first week of November. So are you um, saying there's yeah. going to be more on-location recordings? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm i going to follow him to Cancun. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because Kirsten and I are actually going to Cincinnati in October because uh, we're going to go see 21 Pilots in concert. And it's kind of going to be for her 30th birthday. Are you going to see 21 Bridges while you're there? No. Oh, <laughs> man. No, unfortunately, because 21 Bridges doesn't come out until, like, November. Oh. But I did tell her, I was like, what we should do is we should, like, because, like, after the concert, we should, like, go, because we we're getting a hotel room, we should watch a total of 21 pilot episodes of TV <laughs> and then review each one for the podcast. Wow. Um yeah, and uh, she hasn't talked to me since. So Good I don't, luck with mm, that. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, so all right. Uh, also, check out the other podcasts, TowerJunkiesPod.com and uh, AnthologyPod.com. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you once again, Ben. And thank, thank you. you, Pizza, for not attacking him. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, thanks, guys. Bye. I don't know how to end this again. <laughs> all right, thanks. Bye. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Okay, so I heard of this movie the other day from, I think it was the AV Club. Okay. And so you are going to guess who directed this movie. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay. Have right. you heard of The Fanatic? Oh, it just came out last week. Uh, yes, and I know who directed it. Damn it. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> um, should I go ahead and say it? Sure. Okay. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-host at I am Mike white. That's me. 
at rafeckus and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty!